Casey, do you yeah. think that just because we like Critical Role, people are going to think we like The Legend of Vox Machina? Your eyes what? <laughs> you didn't say it soon. <laughs> no, you're right. Too late, too late, too late. <laughs> That's where we're going. Yeah. No going back. No going back. Commit to the bit. If you would like to make break records of Kickstarters with this podcast, please help us. Clearly, we need it. <laughs> Give us months. Give us months, and then we can actually take time to, you know, record something twice. <laughs> I'm just. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my head. Listen, this is the kind of chaotic energy that Vox Machina brings to the table. <laughs> and I felt like it started off on the right foot. Skeleton! The right hand. Is it? I, You know, I've ever, never actually looked to see if it was the right or left hand. I think it's the right hand. I, I mean, I guess wrong. it could change, too. You never know. <laughs> no, no, does it depend on what hand he casts it with? Maybe. I haven't looked that too much into it. Is it always the same hand no matter the person? Is the person's dominant hand? How does the manifestation of a magical hand work? Sam Regal, we know you're a fan of this show. Please, <laughs> please tell us. Sam Regal, you should be a fan of this show and thus tell us. So hello. Hello. Welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me, baby, where we talk nerdy to you, baby. You're off what? <laughs> that actually came in handy today. Did it? Well. Oh, yeah. Do we do we tell the story? No, just dogs are dogs are like babies, and sometimes you have to clean the baby butt. Yeah, especially when it was their baby birthday, <laughs> and they turned one year old, and you gave them doggy cake, and their tummy was just like. Bidet. Yep. <laughs> so bidet, everyone. <laughs> We're talking about. The Legend of Vox Machina. Season one. Yes, of hopefully all of them. Of at least two. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> going to be picked up for sure. I mean, they want to do everything. They're just like, yeah, dude, spinoffs and jabart. All of it. All of it. Jabart. Jabart. Good day. So if you don't know, The Legend of Vox Machina is an adaptation of part of the first campaign of Critical Role. Campaign one. A show where a bunch of nerdy-ass voice actors sit around and play Dungeons and Dragons. And so it was basically the kickoff, and they did a Kickstarter to try and fund this whole project, which a lot of people backed. It was the fastest funded Kickstarter ever. I think it's... Ever. If it was at least, like, top three of all time. Yeah. And so it raised a ton of money. They got picked up by Amazon. They got two seasons. And basically their wildest dreams came true. They got to cast crazy people in this show. And we just felt like, even though it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Drinking my tea, I couldn't. <laughs> even though it's been a while since the show was over. 
Um, we really wanted to talk about it because we like it and it's fun and it's a, and it's a good good time. Unless you're a lamb. Aw. That's my one complaint. Yeah, it's true. The lots of it. A lot of your favorite shows have things that you don't like in them. Yes. One of this is animal stuff. Yes. Mostly the the not living stuff. Yes. Anyway, but yeah, I I think the original ask or original pitch for the Kickstarter. Ask what? Ah, <laughs> that one. That one actually made sense. <laughs> I think the original ask was like a hundred grand. They were trying to raise a hundred like grand. Six episode mini. It was like three three specials or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a handful of things. It wasn't a lot. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we get to do all of the stuff. And, and oh my gosh, we get to do even more of the stuff. And oh my gosh, we have the backing of a streaming service. Yep. And we can swear. <laughs> they got to do pretty much whatever, whatever they wanted. They want. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah. And it helps that they are connected in the business and they know people, especially uh sam regal who was the voice director sam the voice director regal of ducktales which i'm like larry i'm on ducktales i hope he shows up at some point and they uh, give him a part yeah because we got david Tennant this time which was like when they made that announcement my mind just went what and then you're after your mind is blown you rewind a little bit and you're like actually that weirdly kind of makes sense and also you rewind it and you're like Oh, he's playing Krieg and that. And then your brain goes, oh. Or my brain did. So one of the things that this season did, which it focused on the Briarwood arc, which Mm -hmm. starts somewhere like in the late teens, early 20s of the episodes of the campaign. But the first two episodes of Vox Machina are somewhat largely based on uh, a a story and arc from their original home game because if if you're not familiar they had a ran a home game for about two years before they decided to stream it and felicia day was like hey you guys should do this like for people sorry the cat was trying to steal my headphones as one does yes I'm just making sure we're still recording. And it looks like we are. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Behind the scenes. Yeah, so speaking of, uh, <laughs> I was discussing by myself, because <laughs> I was not having to battle the cat, about how the first two episodes were from their... Their home game? From their home game. Yeah, so they skip all the Underdark stuff and kind of merge their home game with their... uh with the later episodes of the arc as they go into the Briarwoods. And um, they also just kind of rearrange some stuff. Some stuff happens out of order. So, like, when, like we we never met Krieg. By the time that we met Vox Machina, Krieg was already dead. And spoilers for all of Legend of Vox Machina. Sorry. It's been out for a while, dudes. Um, and so we, we kind of got to experience this thing for the first time. We got to see them be dunderheads and, you know, 
did they win some dundies for being dunderheads? Anyway. <laughs> the cat is lying on her side, pawing at the computer. Yes. She's just, just being a little pest. But we can keep talking. But, yeah, so I, I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, it, it was something for the fans of, like, hey, here's stuff that even you don't know about. Or at least you haven't seen. Yeah. Just so we got, like, really cool. a little bit whenever Vox Machina returned to Amon for the first time. Because, like, one of the things that I thought was really, really cool was one was because we got to see them battle Krieg. And so we got to go into his, like, dragon lair. And we get the moment of exploring his house that happens way, way, way later after the Briarwoods um, in uh, the actual campaign. Basically, in the actual campaign, after they defeat the Briarwoods, they go back to Amon because they're dealing with all the Seeker Assum stuff and uh, Raishan and all of that stuff. And they are directed back to Krieg's old house. And they explore that and they find the eyeballs. And the eyeballs actually happen in this. And they get the... It It flashed me back to one of my favorite moments of the campaign was when they found out that long game of, you know, Matt setting this up. And they're like, this was the home game! You did this! This was the home game before we did anything! And, I don't know, it, seeing the eyeballs in the wall of, like, all that was just, like, really cool. Like, really it cute. was really cool. Also, um, one of the other things, because we're talking about things that we hadn't seen before, I really liked that one of the things they wanted to do, because, you know, she was around and they, they could, was we got to see a little bit of, of Pike's journey that was yeah. basically off camera for a lot of it, because um, <laughs> she was always gone filming blind spot mm -hmm. <laughs> which they made a, a reference on the show of that her character played a paladin in a DD group yeah i'm like haha um but it was really cool getting to see that that part of her journey because uh -huh. it also gave her like her really cool moment of like superpowerdom and i i feel like pike doesn't get the respect she deserves for how freaking cool she is and I like that this gave a new audience a better perspective. Yeah, it was just one of those things where it it was, I mean, it was understandable, but still unfortunate because we just wanted Ashley Johnson all the, all the time. And Anywhere, everywhere, all the time. Yep. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm -hmm. All of the Ashley Johnson, which we have now, but we, we didn't in campaign one, especially. And yeah, I mean she she always plays really interesting characters so it was really nice to get to know pike a bit more than than before i also like i think the show was an interesting thing about bringing characters and reintroducing them to the fandom as well as to like other people because i feel like a lot of the characters got different um responses like people Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, and I guess the biggest one is Keyleth, and people ragging and trashing on her through almost the entirety of campaign one, and then people really liking her in this show, and 
that's me saying y'all have some internalized misogynistic crap that you need to work through because you can't appreciate a character who is not like apologies for my language the sex pot because like i love vex but that's like her thing she likes to use her wiles to manipulate people and people are used to that and people weren't used to like this nervous uh trying to become a leader kind of character especially not with like they didn't know um marisha as much either and so they just like approached her in such a negative way and then you see all this stuff of like we were all wrong about keyleth like no you were just a freaking jerk i feel like it's um a really spoilers for spider-man here we go Mm -hmm. um a really misogynistic version of like the Andrew Garfield effect of like retroactively trying to have always liked something. And the, you know, there's some other cases of that too, with like Hayden Christensen in as Anakin Skywalker and stuff. And so they're like, yeah, we always liked that. Oh man, they were so good. And it's like, um, play the tape back. You will see that you just trashed all over it and you don't get to, you don't get to say that you didn't say these things. You don't get to retroactively do that. And so I feel like it was even amplified in, in this case with Marisha and Keyleth. Yeah, and it was just, it was it was rough. And I remember that happening. And so I'm glad that people like her now. Like, I'm glad that people have turned a corner. I just hate that she went through that so much. And now it, like, here's the thing. I love Critical Role. I love the community around Critical Role. There have been issues, that being one, and the other one being the people ragging on Ashley Johnson for being unable to roleplay. And I'm like, about to say what? <laughs> because. Yeah. I, I, I also appreciate for, and I'm sure our listeners who are familiar with, more familiar with Critical Role as an entity, uh, have gotten to see both of them get the last laugh in that regard Mm -hmm. because Marisha is now the creative director and both of them have two of the best characters currently in campaign three and talk about unleashing the full Ashley Johnson. Like she is there and in full effect and she is there to stay. And I am absolutely enamored with her as a player because she's she's so what what's the word i'm looking for uh chaotic committed chaotic and just unpredictable in the best way like you never know what she's gonna say no she just always does the thing that you don't expect and it's just like all you gotta do is just give her time and i know it's not even give her time it's like you try playing a game where you have to be in and out and everyone else gets to go and do all of these things and like trying to keep up with people doing that you know sorry the cat once again is just messing with all of the things but yeah i i honestly like felt bad for her because it 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 can't have been easy to you know juggle being a series regular in a show and then try to jump back and you know in media way more or less series regular on another thing that films weekly (laughs) Yeah, and for hours on it, and what has like hours of content on end. While you were in New York City, and they are in Los Angeles. Yeah. Let me tell you, working with time zones, 
sucks. I also have to work. I work with time zone. It sucks. And to add on all of that, trying to remember all of the the rules to to D&D and everything, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. And so, you know, I I think she did a a great job, but it was another point where like the push up the glasses. Um, Actually, you did this wrong. It's like it. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares, dude? Like, if you're watching, I'm sorry, this is my opinion, and you can, you can enjoy things however you want to enjoy them, but if you're watching a show about people playing a game that are just trying to have fun, they are allowed to not care about the rules even if you do. Yeah, especially with something like D&D, D&D is... But, it, like, it's not a... It's, it's very much more, there are more guidelines and actual yeah, rules. Yeah, it's not like you're watching sports ball where there are points that matter in a way that determine the like strict outcome of your thing here we go here's an analogy i didn't expect to make instead of a referee it's well i mean there is a referee but in in D, &D, it's more like the referee from celebrity deathmatch it's just i'll allow it (laughs) that's that's D. &D. That's a deep cut. <laughs> That's what that is. I it was just like, a, oh, hello, brain. Did not expect to go in this corner. Let me dust this off. <laughs> but there you go for people who watch Celebrity Death. Yeah. When was the last time that was on? Like early, early knots. <laughs> anyway, let's let's dive in a little bit more into like the actual the show. Episodes. Yeah, I mean, so we had the first two that were home game based, and then we get. Uh, I mean, I'd, it's still one of my favorite episodes of the season, which is the dinner with the Ooh, Briarwoods. Dinner with the Briarwoods. Like, because you have like, so they save they save Amon from the dragon, because Krieg was a dragon. And let me tell you, I love people that turn into dragons and dragons that turn into people. It's one of my favorite tropes. I'm always here for it. Is it does it happen enough to be a trope? Yes. Okay. I was like, I'm not sure about. I'm the sorry, frequency. you don't read enough fantasy romance books. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> uh, one of the books. Side note: one of the books that I've kept since oh uh, middle school. Uh, I have like a very small collection of books that I've really held on to since middle school, and one of them was like the first like. R- one of the, the two first, like, supernatural romance books that I was like, okay. And it was a a, pers- a dude who turned into a dragon and wasn't. Also a grumpy and a sunshine. Well, <laughs> grumpy and a kind of sunshine. It doesn't quite work the same way in YA, but you know what I mean. Gotcha. Well, yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, we we're, went to oh, the dinner. We went to the dinner with the Briarwoods. I yeah, love yeah, the Briarwoods. Yeah. The Briarwood arc is still probably my favorite arc in all of the campaigns. That was some another part. I mean, the whole sh- the whole show and the season was was Azula. Yeah, Gray Gray Delisle is uh the all of the voice acting is so good. Um and and we'll get into some of my favorite performances a bit later. Yeah. Um but yeah, it, it's just one of the things I was looking forward to, and I'm sure you were. Uh, the, one of the things we were both looking forward to the most was 
just seeing people's reactions to characters and stuff mm-hmm. and, and and events that you know for people that aren't familiar with the show because it does like actually a really good job of you know making it accessible to people who have maybe never even heard of critical role they just decide to watch it on amazon um but all the all the people thirsty for the briarwoods man they're like dang they're so hot though there was some there was some line in that episode that that acknowledges it and they're like well they're no, super, oh you know, well i mean vax is like you're such a good looking couple oh yeah <laughs> what which is couple. which is straight from the game yeah because that's how he's like he gets caught he's like you are so attractive <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i i really enjoyed uh all of Sil- the silas is a thick boy yes he very much is but I, I liked all of the lines that were directly from from the the show. A lot of them being Percy. Yeah. Man, Talisman Okay, just, let's just do it. Let's just jump just in. spits. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I, I feel like he's... Talison is someone who's very quietly... Like, he's he's happy to be the support character and is happy to be the, the one that kind of goes under the radar. Especially, like, you know... I, I mean, he he works quite a bit but he he kind of is a little bit under the radar he's low key yeah as compared to like you know matt mercer and travis and laura and and liam Mm -hmm. and ashley like the ones that are you know more well known uh, i would say but man man easily if if anything was going to get nominated from this show for like an emmy make it talison jaffe give it all of the Annies. <laughs> Everything. Uh, Talzin was so good. In in a stream of so many good performances you, with David Tennant and Stephanie Beatrice and Kari Payton and all all of the all the guest the actors. Guest actors. And then and on top of them. And the main cast and everything. And I'm just like Like this I mean, it, it helps that this was his arc and was focused on his character's backstory. I know, but it's just like but Dang. So good. I'm so proud of Talison and, and how well he, he did. Like, he just totally smashed it. And, like, it was just so good. Smushed, smashed, made it into a hash bun. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Uh, that's another character that people were like. Hello. Yeah. I mean, because he was anime hot boy. Yeah. Edgelord hot He even boy. got the, the sheen over the glasses. Mm-hmm. But my, as far as character model goes. I wish goes, his action figure was better. <laughs> but my favorite character model, I think, of the, the cast is still Keyleth for me. It, hers uh, is great. I, I, I liked seeing the different iterations and the evolution of her character models. But I think where they landed is just so great and just so adorable and so expressive. And I, I think hers is my personal favorite. But... Yeah, as far as like performance goes, I mean, Talison was just so good, so good, so good. And we also, I think, to to say, we did watch ninety percent of yeah. the show with a bunch of people who had not seen campaign one. Some of them had seen later campaigns, but none of them had seen campaign one, so none of them knew it was coming. Yeah, so we got to be the <laughs> <laughs> And it was just really fun to kind of like know it's coming and just like 
turn your gaze a little bit and watch as something happens and they're like what what and i'm like yes like the triceratops <laughs> and, uh, the tricer- and the sun tree mm-hmm. um just oh man so many things so many things. I can't even think of them off the top of my head right now. Just so many. One thing that I was, uh, one of the things that I in particular was looking. <gasps> Technically, we've seen a campaign three character. It's true. On, mm. on screen already. I don't want to spoil it too much for people who haven't caught up on campaign three. Because I feel like that's a different kind of spoiler than talking about this show that you clicked on. Yes. And so in the meantime, I will distract them with one of the things that I was looking forward to the most. I just want to say, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. But one of the things I was looking forward to the most with this that did not disappoint and I was so happy with was Scanlan's music. Yeah. Because, you know, he couldn't uh, do what he normally did in this show because of of Copyright. copyright reasons and stuff. So they had to create. Uh, their own songs and sam is a really good songwriter i mean he wrote the he he's written the intros for the campaigns Mm -hmm. and he's just really fun it it gave me such hard tenacious d vibes yeah and honestly that would be a, a really good uh cameo on the show yeah for real i mean like it it's just such a it's just such a similar vibe and Oh, the I other cameo, really well. I think that could be really fun, is Stephen Colbert, because now he's going to actually play with some of the rest of the it's cast. It's true. I, I want them to make friends with all of the people, because it's just, it, it just keeps growing. Sorry, let's talk about the music. But yeah, it's, I, I was so happy with it. <laughs> yeah, we won't say the rest, but yep. <laughs> it. This is I, a semi-family show. It was something I was most pleased with. Yeah. And that you got like full on full versions of those songs for like the end credits and they're on like streaming services. Yeah. And I'm just like, <gasps> we are actually living it's in the so world good. of bard sings. Uh, Sam is, is from Broadway. I mean, he was, he did Broadway as a kid. He was Gavroche as a little, little bitty Sam, little baby Sam. And so, I mean, yeah, he's an excellent singer and songwriter. So, you know, it was I one of it was also I mean it was just there's so many things I like but I I like seeing everyone's um other talents get used and because it's like hey you have all these talented people that are talented in other ways than just voice acting and so let's utilize them so like for him he got to write the songs he also co-wrote one of the episodes with mm-hmm. Travis so that was really really cool to see and yeah I mean and they got their good friend Mary Elizabeth Elizabeth McGlynn to do the voice directing, which I, she's I mean, she's been doing that forever and she's so good at it. I know. I just want I want her to get to actually be in the show. I want them to bring in Cash and Zara and Zara so we can just have them and have that moment at the end, you know, like I feel like they made such an impact on Vox Machina as a team. And then they had their own thing, and I'm just like, I really just want them to make their way into it. I don't know how. Yeah, because the, their appearance was, uh, at least in the, Post the show. Post Underdark, pre-Briarwood. Yeah, it was like right in, in between. So I don't know if they'll do like a flashback or introduce them some other way, but I'm sure they will. I because... imagine it would be some other way. 
But yeah, her and gotta get her and Will Friedle in there. Yes, please, pretty please. But uh, another thing is, we we should talk about the. I mean, the animation itself. Yeah, the animation is really fun. I was like, there's something about this, and then I found out it was. Um, the animation director was someone who worked on a lot of the DC animated movies. And I'm like, ah, there it is. That makes so much sense. But I like it so much better than most of the DC animated movies I've seen. But hey, the animation is just super It's on point. Yeah. It's very good. And the character designs are so good. And I really liked watching the, the talkback with the people and seeing the other character designs and how they could have been and all this kind of stuff. Because I'm yeah. like, they they look just enough like how I would picture them in my head. Like we had like the official art and everything, but they look just enough that I'm just like, yes, this is, this is, this is my team. Yeah. I noticed that Percy got a bit of a haircut in a good way. Yes. Cause he usually had more of like a round, almost bowl cut ish. Not, not quite bowl cut. It, but it, was, it was more down. Yeah. It was down and round. And this one, he got a little spiky. Yeah. Little got that anime boy. spikes. So I, I liked that. He was very, Vosh the Stampede looking. Yeah, I can see that. Especially with the trench coat. Yeah. Except the animation style, very different. <laughs> Indeed. But, I mean, I, overall, I was just, couldn't have been more happy. Yeah. And just like, some of the, I mean, it's 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 D&D for you. You know, people, I think, weren't expecting or ready for some of the, the violence, how it gets. And it's just like. I mean, that's how listen, it goes in D and D. Well, it's also like I don't think people, even when they're watching the original campaign and they're talking about the battles that they're doing and all of this and all of that, I don't think they're necessarily always visualizing these epic kills that they're doing. And I'm like, it's it's a bloodbath, y'all. I mean, shooting the dude's jaw off and then his tongue hopping away. A lot. Um. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I, I enjoyed, I think, and I think it's part of why, like, maybe Keyleth read better to some people, is I I liked how we could see, like, I feel like the show softened Vax for me. Because, like, the thing about Liam O'Brien is he is an intense boy. And so I think they made the face of Vax really sweet in, like, such a boyish way that it came across... I think better for me than some of the ways that he read it because he has such an intense face sometimes when he He's does it. He's always the tragic Shakespeare boy. Especially with Vax. Yeah. Especially later on. But like, yeah. Anyway, that was that was just one of the things. I, I'm I'm hoping Vex will read better animated to people in the next couple seasons as she opens up. Because I feel like some people just didn't get that like get Vex. Because, you know, she's she's very closed off at the beginning. And, like, people were starting to get it in the last couple episodes as she opened up to Keyleth. Yeah. And I'm just like, it, it's like the opposite problem. Like, you don't have the Laura Bailey vibes to, to give it what you're looking for. And I'm just like, no, you don't understand. My precious baby is just so sensitive. Yeah, I mean, Vex is probably my favorite character of campaign one. And so, she's yeah, fine. It's, it's one of those things, like, It'll get there, but, you know. I know. I'm just, I'm looking forward to the future. But, yeah, one of my my favorite scenes, and my favorite thing, is the two-part ending. 
Oh yeah. Oh man. The like the battle with the Briarwoods is really freaking cool. And seeing Matt Mercer cry as his girlfriend murders him. His wife? Yeah, sorry. His wife murders him was chef's <laughs> kiss. Like that was great. But the whole thing with Percy I think that was a also like the summation of like his his brainchild is real and in front of him. Mm-hmm. Like it just it yeah. was a point. Yeah. But the whole thing with Percy and the demon and all that, I'm just like, it was so good. The demon, like the animation style and choices and the voice and all that for him was just so cool. I, I just, yeah, it, it was a really, a really strong finale. And I just like all of the little D&D references for people who play, like all of the stuff with doors doors and the whole like i feel like i can only do this spell like once a day and then like <laughs> i think it's only gonna last for like a certain amount of time and then, i think i feel like i've reached a certain level of whatever like that was fun when she learned tree stride the, for like the last however long we've been talking all i can picture over and over so i've got to mention it is just how funny it is when grog just goes completely naked, buck naked and just jumps into a a pool of acid. Yeah, I and they're like Pike's like I can let me heal you. <laughs> uh, I like I, I do love Grog. I liked their relationship and getting to see that a bit more. Yeah, it's just cute. I mean, they're so cute. They're they're buddies. Slight spoiler for the future of the show. One of my, I want them to do one of my favorite moments is when she teaches him to read. It's just one of my favorite moments, like it, in all of Critical Role. It's it, just so funny and sweet and yeah and i i can you tell we like this show i'm also really anticipating because they set it up a lot more than i think we really got any setup in the campaign scanlan leaving which Mm. i don't it it depends on kind of how they break up um the seasons because i'm not entirely sure how they'll do it but i mean it it would be next season or the season after that depending on like how they break it up Scanlan leaving for feeling slighted too much. Um, and that was like a Sam Regal choice of doing something. Because like I, I am very much looking forward to seeing Terry and, and Dodie. Because uh, I, I think that that will be like quite a joy to see on screen. But man, that unexpected heartbreak when Scanlan is just like, none of you appreciated me. None of you cared. I'm, whatever. I'm like... I just kept seeing those moments being sprinkled throughout the season. And every time it did, I was just like, oh, no. Yeah, it I was. See, I see the future. It was one dark. of the most intense moments. It, pretty much in, in all of Critical Role for mm-hmm. me. Well, because it was just so out of left field. Like, I, like, maybe Sam himself was kind of, like, thinking about it building up. But I don't think we, the audience, got as much, like, little bits. Yeah. And... And this felt much more planned out for that. And I was just like... The seeds have been planted. Yeah. Ouchie. Ouch. Not as ouchy as... uh, What's... I'm blinking on the character's name, but when he just gets, like, completely split in half. Oh, Archie? Archie, yeah. Ouchie, Archie. Ouchie, Archie. Yeah. And they changed him, because I was just like, I don't remember you. And then, yeah, they changed his 
his character. Yeah, they said they combined a few NPCs and stuff. Listen, here's the thing. If you're introduced to a character and you're like, I know this voice actor, they're going to (laughs) die. Unless they're... uh, Lady Kima. Lady Kima and um, Alora. Laura, thank you. I was I was blanking for a second. Yeah, unless it's them, they 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 they, they probably not making it. <laughs> they just enjoyed killing their everybody, including their children. Yeah, we realized that a lot of the I think every child. Yeah, every that's voiced. Every child that they brought in was like every child character, um, on the show, was voiced. By one of their actual children, and they all got horribly, die. horribly murdered. And I'm like, "What is wrong with you?" They're like, "We can have our kids do this thing." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Any other things that you want to? I discuss? guess like. Spot the Mercer. Oh yeah, that was that was fun. It's kind of stopped though. Yeah, but it was it was fun. It was fun for them to, the animators to kind of sneak that in of just like, hey, we want to sneak in a, a Matt Mercer cameo in in a in, bunch of episodes. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. I I hope that they do that a little bit more in the next one just to see it. I'm wondering who he's gonna play. So like, I think the last thing to talk about is like, what do you want yeah. and or expect out of season two? I think that's good. Like, I wonder who he's gonna play. Like I imagine he's gonna play one of the dragons. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like he, I, I would think that maybe he's gonna be Hordak, but I don't know who he will be leading up to that. Um. Yeah, because there, you know, outside of that, it's there's not there's not really a Silas for him to take this time that I can think of. No, and we don't reach Garmili until after. Because their hunt for the the vestiges of divergence is post dragon, right? Yeah, and I'm wondering like how much of that will be condensed, and you know, I guess if they really wanted to, they could get. They might be able to get the campaign one done in about three seasons. I mean, there's three, three main arcs. It's just whether or not that's what they want to do. But it's, I I'm trying to think of who he would play, and so like Garmili, I think he's gonna play, but I don't think that's gonna be until like, the whenever they reach post dragons. Um. There's spoilers for many many things. There's Silas again because they fight him one more time. Yeah. Um, but that's like, way later. Um, I'm trying to think like. Who iconically he would play, and I can't really. Is it like Vecna? I mean, he could be Vecna, but Vecna's not going to really happen until. Vecna really doesn't happen until post dragon. Yeah. Like, there might be Spring. Are you thinking just specifically for this? Specifically for next season. Okay, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Victor! Victor! I, yeah, I, I was thinking that it was somewhere around that it would happen this season but i think Mm-mm. it's it's, it's supposed because yeah. it's once ripley has ran away yeah so yeah victor for sure victor still might be my favorite npc he's really great i don't know if I he's just, my favorite npc i would have to like think about npcs it's just like as far as 
the the voices that Matt has done with the NPCs, I think it's it's still one of my favorites. Yeah. It's great. Iconic. Like I feel like there has to be an iconic merchant every campaign and so Victor was definitely one of them. Yeah, in in campaign 1 um and then campaign 2 you have like Galt or Pumatsol. I said Cobalt. I my brain gets messed up because there's Cobalt, the Cobalt Soul, and Puma Soul. Yes. <laughs> my, my my brain messed They're up. They're both blue. But yeah. And we have the new kid from the new one. I can't remember their name. Me neither. But they there was a merchant they were talking to. Um. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm really looking forward to seeing who they cast as Raishan and Seeker Assume. I'm really looking forward... Because Seeker Assume didn't have any lines? Not time. this season. Okay. Not this season. He appeared in the in the background of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I just didn't know if he had, had any lines. was in that specific shot where they talk about, like, enemies and stuff in the angle when uh, Uriel is making his speech. Specifically was in the shot when they were like, you never know who people are going to be. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> But um, I'm really curious about those and the other dragons in general. But I'm I'm really looking forward to the showdown between uh, Vox Machina and Ripley. Because that you want to talk about brutal. Vex shoots an arrow down her throat. Straight up right there. And I'm... And you know they'll do it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. Like, they, they have proven that they are not afraid to do these crazy horrible things um so i i'm looking forward to that and if we get that i'm pretty sure it's in this arc that the raven queen starts and i'm not sure how they'll approach her because her name is also under the like wizards of the coast stuff that they keep trying to like skirt around yeah um but the but that should theoretically happen yeah. This next little bit. So, yeah. And then, one of the things I'm really hoping for, post, post, as we reach the end, like, as they go forth through this entire series, because it's not next season, but I just want to point out, they have to do the goldfish moment. They still oh, reference yeah. the goldfish. It's true. That, That's one of those things that's just a lock. Because you know there were certain things they couldn't do, and I I was sad that there was no sun tree voice, but yeah. you know I I still understood. But the goldfish thing is not something that they can pass up. No, they can or will. No, they definitely. It won't. it's so iconic. It's like just we're basically gods. <laughs> um, is there anything you're really looking forward to in season two and or beyond, other than like cool casting? Uh, yeah, which uh, I think it should be next season with Vex and the the arrow and the dragon and and she got like the nat twenty and took mm, out mm-hmm. was it was it Thordek Thordek which which of the or was it Rayshon that she gets like I don't the, remember the cool oh yeah oh you know what it means now that we're going to the dragons are we gonna get the moment. 
of them teleporting inside the dragon. Probably. And they're just like... Also, oh, uh, this was more of a question because I don't remember when it happened. But the hot tub, that should that be next season? I think so. I think so. Okay. If you know. You, you know. know. Yeah. No, there's there's some really good stuff coming up. Because they... Because here, like, here's the thing. Briarwood's iconic just because, like, it, it was so good. They really started getting their stride in, like, character moments after that. Like, yeah. like that helped them solidify how they were going to approach playing this game on a How live. they wanted to do this. Yes. As a live show and all of that and, like, actually role-playing it more so and not, you know, they found their stride during the Briarwoods. And so from there, it only gets better. And one thing I would like to see since they said they were interested in it is some of the one shots. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see those as specials, you know, like maybe a little bit longer, like a 45 minute special or something. Like the search for Grog. Search for Grog. And the wedding. The wedding. And Which is Dash, Dashner's Closet or something like that. And uh, my personal favorite the darrington brigade yes i oh i want the darrington brigade it's so good that's like if i I could only get one sorry wedding but that's the one i would choose (laughs) because it's so good and has some of my favorite uh most of them are like my favorite one shot characters Mm -hmm. yeah get some copper pot get some owlbear macaroni samsonite buddy yeah Listen, we're just hoping to see all of it be able to get animated on screen. Is that too much to ask? We don't think so. No, because they wanted to. (laughs) And they can, look, take all of Bezos' money and put it into this franchise because he doesn't deserve it, and they do. It's true. And on that note... Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Talk Nerdy to Me, baby, where we talk nerdy to you, BB, every other Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If there's something you want us to talk about, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you may find us, where I am A. Marie by the Sea on all of the things. And I am Cased Crusader on all of the things. And yes, we will most definitely at some point be talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But let us know, like for real. We always say it, but for real, let us know what you want us to talk about. Take us up on our offer. We you might could, do it. You could, you could have the power. You have the power. Thank you. We've been watching Shira, so we, we could maybe do something. Have. Right. Oh yeah, you're trying to get those watch tonight. <laughs> 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 Bye. Bye.
Bam.